0: Welcome to church this morning. Let's stand to our feet and worship together. song that we're about to do, you know, I think so many times that we can just forget the the goodness of God's grace, you know, and that's what this song is all about, the fact that, you know what, none of us are perfect, we're all still trying to, to figure this thing called life out, but each and every single day we're greeted with his new mercies each and every single morning, knowing that with God we can get through the day and he can lead us and teach us and show us, and, and we're all unified in that. We all come from different walks of life, different uh, personalities, different experiences, but we are unified under the name that is Jesus. And so there's something special in that. There's something special when we come unified together on a Sunday morning, lifting up that name, because when we are unified, man, it is something so beautiful. And so let's just worship from that place here this morning. Let's just with one voice, with one heart, just lift up that name of Jesus. Thank him for his grace. And let's just give everything that we have to him. Amen.
1: for a spiritual awakening like we've never seen before in this church and in our community, Father. That we just have a renewed spirit towards you, Father. That whatever burdens, whatever we have on our shoulders, that we just release it to you, Father, and say, this is the year that we're all in. And Father, I pray today for Pastor Buddy that you've anointed him with the message, give him the wisdoms and the words to deliver that message to us. And for us, Father, to allow the Holy Spirit to listen to the Holy Spirit and what he has to say about this message. And Father, I just pray for everyone today in the auditorium, from our online campus, to our children, to our community, and most importantly, to those that do not know you, Father, that this will be the year that they will gain a relationship and understand the love that you have for them. We thank you, Father, and we do this all in your name. Amen. You can be seated. Watch this. Church,
2: what's up guys, I'm Tim Tebow and I wanna thank your church so much for saying yes tonight to shine. Night to Shine is truly my favorite night of the year, and we are so blessed to be able to partner with your church, and thank you for for saying yes. Night to Shine started a few years ago with only 44 churches in 26 states and three countries, but our God is such a big God, and He has just brought so many churches um, to partner together, and this year we're going to have over 700 churches a part of Night to Shine in over 30 countries, and we're just so excited at what God is going to do, and and I also want to ask you your seat and your pew to, to partner with us, to pray about for night to shine, to pray about partnering, to, to volunteer. And if you don't know what else to do, just come on the red carpet and cheer and clap and just love these kids. And, And one of the reasons that we love Night to Shine so much from the Tim Tebow Foundation is because we believe that when we're celebrating these kids and we're crowning them as the king or the queen of the prom, that that's how the God of this universe looks at them every single day of their life, because they are loved, they are special, they're not an accident, they're important, they were created in love, by love, and for love, and God has an amazing plan for their life. But can you imagine what it's like to never be cheered, to never be celebrated, to never be clapped for? For a lot of these kids, they've never had that chance, but they're gonna have that chance at night to shine. They're gonna be loved, they're gonna be cheered for, they're gonna be clapped for, and hopefully by you. Hopefully you say yes, partner with us, and you love on these kids all around the world. Thank you so much for believing in us. As a church, thank you for partnering with us, but more importantly, thank you for bringing the gospel and God's love to people all around the world, because they need
1: it and they need you. God bless you guys. We're very excited. This is the third year that we've been able to partner with the Tim Tebow Foundation to offer Night to Shine. And if you've never been a part of Night to Shine, I encourage you to uh, volunteer and take a part of what I would say is probably one of the most amazing events that we've ever done here in Salem Fields. If you've never experienced the grace of God and the love of God like never before, this would be the opportunity to do so. And I wanna share with you a story that I have, and this is my buddy, uh, that I've actually had for the last two years. This is Junior. Uh, now I've been paired with Junior for the last couple years, and let me tell you a couple things about Junior. One, he is an animal on the dance floor. He will run circles around all of you when it comes to the dance floor. The second thing is he's amazing at karaoke. So later this year, we do have our first album that we're going to release for karaoke, our top 10 hits. Uh, but honestly, when I did this a couple years ago and volunteered to be a buddy, uh, that night, that Night to Shine was about to start. Uh, I went to my wife, Patty, and I said, you know what? I don't know if this is right for me. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I don't know what situations are going to happen, and, and I don't know if I can handle it. I, I, just, I did not know if this was going to be right, and, and I had doubts. And later that night, when I got home, I bet I went down to my knees and I cried because it was absolutely the best thing that I ever did in my life. And it was the most touching thing that I've ever seen in my life. And I've never seen the love of God shared at a night than I did at Night to Shine. And this was the most amazing experiences that you can ever experience in your life. So I encourage you guys if you haven't been a part of it, this is an opportunity that you can enjoy what we're gonna experience in Night to Shine when it comes up February 7th. And there's three things that you guys can do to help us out. The first thing to do is is for your prayers. Pray for our volunteers, pray for our guests, pray for our vendors that are partnering with us. And the second thing is is you can actually volunteer. We have a lot of opportunities, especially when it comes to buddies. So we need buddies to step up and partner uh, with our guests. Uh, We have food services, we have the paparazzi, we have many different ways that you can volunteer. And the third way is to partner with us through sponsorships. We offer this completely free to our guests, and it is a cost uh, from the food to the DJs to everything that we have. So if you're a business owner or you have friends or families that are, are business owners, we can partner with you and you can sponsor this event to help with the cost. So there is a table right outside as you leave here Please stop by and either pick up uh, a brochure to volunteer and to speak more uh, about those positions. And two, we have a, a piece of paper there where you can bring to your businesses that you know of and drop that off to give them for them to sponsor. But we really do need your help on that one, and we appreciate it. So see me outside of the booth. Uh, we have our ties and offerings coming up next for the next song. As the buckets come down, um, you know, feel free to uh, place. Uh, your tithes in those buckets. We also have kiosk machines outside where you can give, and we also have uh, the ability for you to automatically uh, deduct it from your checking account. Uh, But thank you for your generosity. Your generosity allows us to continue to grow the kingdom, and I don't know about you guys, but this is one of the years that we want to grow the kingdom as much as we've ever done it before, and we do that through your generosity. So thank you for your tithes and offerings. Thank you for that, and thank you for your obedience, and watch how God blesses you with those tithes that you give to, uh, to him. Um, right now, guys, what you can do is take out your phones and check in on Facebook or Instagram. This is a great way for uh, your friends to see, hey, here's how I'm starting my new year right here at Salem Fields, and it's not too late for them to check in either online at the uh, 9 a.m. service or make it here for the 11 a.m. service. Uh, In your programs, you see the connection card. This is a great way for you just to kind of fill in uh, if there's any changes that you need to uh, make, uh, any prayer requests, any praises that you have, fill that out and we'll make sure that we'll get that updated and get in contact with you uh, this week. And if you are a first-time guest, we just want to say welcome to the community. Thank you for spending your morning with us. Uh, We like to actually give you a free gift. So as you leave here today, there will be a table right before you leave. Stop by there. There'll be a pastor to answer any questions that you may have about the church or anything else that you may want to discuss. And we uh, have a free gift that we'll love to give to you. Uh, And we do have Grief Share that is coming up uh, beginning January 8th uh, on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., this is a great opportunity, especially with the holidays that just uh, came about, um, that for anyone that may be suffering through, a, you know, loss of a loved one, for you guys not to do it alone. Uh, this is a great support group that you can come together and, and, and grieve together and grow together um, with people that are experiencing the same type of hurt and pain that you have. So if you want more information, you can just email salemfields.com. And with that...
3: Well, Bobby gets those announcements across, doesn't he? Welcome to church today. I just want to update you on our Thanksgiving offering. Our goal was 60,000 and I promised you that I was going to talk about it until we made our goal. Well, we made our goal and uh, we'll just give the Lord praise. Our goal was 60,000. We got 67,000 and we do praise the Lord for that. So I just want to thank all of you who generously gave. Some of you uh, came back and gave again and uh, you know, and all many of you gave for the uh, in our thanksgiving offering and again on behalf of Gay and I I just want to say thank you so much for your generosity I want to thank you for those ministries around the world that uh, <clears throat> will uh, benefit from your giving and have already benefited from your giving and again I really wanted to say thank you uh, for I wanted to do this just simply because I nagged you about it and the Holy Spirit spoke to you and we made our goal and I just want to say thank you so very much it means so much to uh, to us as a church, uh, but to many around the world, and we appreciate that. If you want to keep giving, keep giving. Uh, that'd be great as well, but I won't be bugging you any more about it. And uh, we, I think we have uh, about 8,200 out. Oh, yeah, this is some pictures uh, from Nigeria, or from India, I'm sorry. This is a leper colony. And your uh, offering, that is a care package uh, that they went into the leper village. You can see Manu in the background, and they gave those... Uh, those care packages out because of your giving in the thanksgiving offering i think there's one more slide there of uh, a guy that received a little better picture of manu and merry christmas and it all because of your giving in the thanksgiving offering so i just want you to know that every dime that you give and have given will go around the world and even here in our community to impact people so thank you very much
0: Well, I'm so glad you guys are here today. As those buckets pass by, I want you to stand to your feet as we continue to worship. You know, I know uh, with New Year's, it's, you know, we make resolutions and we make commitments. And I don't know what you're believing for for this year, but I know that whatever it is, you serve a big God. And so I just uh, our prayer is that you'll just walk in faith and that you'll just believe Him for whatever it is that you're hoping for. And I know that uh, sometimes that can take uh, a while, you know. Uh, Pastor Buddy said, you know, sometimes that that really uh, we kind of want something to happen immediately, but sometimes God delivers when the timing's right on His timing, and that could be a while. And so we can kind of be, you know, wrestling with doubt, you know, and, and skepticism. But at the end of the day, we choose faith. We choose to believe in a God that even when something does not make sense. Or even when something is even dragging out, I'm still going to believe in him. I'm still going to believe that he's over everything because if he is for us, who can be against us? And so let's just proclaim that. Let's proclaim that over our lives and over a year that, you know what? I believe I'm going to see a victory. I believe that, God, you are going to do a mighty work in and through my life. And I'm going to praise you even in the midst of not even receiving it yet. But I'm going to believe that in you, God, my hope, my trust, everything is going to be placed in you and that you're going to navigate us through it. And so, again, as those buckets pass by, stand as we proclaim that together.
4: When the darkness falls, it won't breathe. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Yeah, my God will never fail. Yeah, my God will never fail. I'm gonna see you again. i Bell- <laughs>
0: God, that no matter what we face in life, you work all things together for good as we fix our eyes on you, as we give everything over to you, Lord. And so as we enter into this new year, this new decade, God, let our hearts be open to you. Be with pastor buddies. He delivers the message, God, and let us truly receive it with obedience and gladness, Lord, knowing that you are over everything, God, and we believe you wholeheartedly that this is going to be the best year yet. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated.
5: I have a problem with New Year's resolutions, not because they often fail or because they're too difficult, and not because I'm bad at them either. I mean, I've only been in love for four New Year's. No, I have a problem with resolutions because people think that that's It is for one time to change. Now, don't get me wrong, we definitely all need change. I have no idea how to ride a bicycle my little brother has no idea what a toilet is for. And some of you, yeah, you probably should get out of the house more. But one big decision, probably isn't going to do it. Sorry, so now what? Flush your resolutions down the toilet for one my little brother can't use? Of course not, keep your resolutions but go easy on yourself. Will you change? Maybe, but probably won't happen in one big moment. It'll happen in thousands of little moments. Every time you choose to forgive or slow down or be Grateful or stay calm each little moment that you choose what's what instead of what's easy. Faith instead of doubt, love instead of hate. That's where the change happens. Even if you fail one or two. 30 times, it's okay. You've got thousands of more little moments ahead of you. You'll get better. So, Happy New Year, call this, and I'm off to ask my dad to get a book, if they're all a pony. Bye.
3: Yes. (laughs) What a great message, out of the mouth of children. Anyway, we are glad you're here today as we kick off this new year at Salem Fields Community Church. Gay is in sunny Florida, and uh, we were supposed to both be in sunny Florida. That last Sunday was going to be our last day, and we had planned to be there for a couple weeks. And so we're, she's there, and I'm going to leave today after church and go there for a week. And uh, so anyway, uh, I'm excited about that. Well, you can, can you believe it's 2020? You know, my grandson asked me, Uh, This week, Christian, he asked me, he said, uh, Pappy, did you ever think that you live until the year 2020? And uh, I I thought, well, I never really gave much thought when you think about it. You know, 2020 just seemed uh, a long way off. And wow, before you know it, here it is. And, you know, I hope to see 2040, but who knows. But it's 2020, it's a new year. Not only that, it's a new decade and possibly a new you. You know, maybe you made some uh, New Year's resolutions, that's going to make you a new you, and you, uh, you know, if you keep those uh, resolutions, you'll be a new you. If statistics hold true, 40% of us made New Year's resolutions this New Year's Eve, 40%. That means 4 out of 10 of us here today, and those that are worshiping online with us, made a New Year's resolution. How many of you made a New Year's resolution? Can I see your hand? Come on, you're not telling the truth. More of you did than that. 40% of you did. Okay, so somebody tell me a New Year's resolution you made. To, be a friend. to come to church more. To be a better friend. To be a better friend. Pray, more. Pray more. Anybody else? You can't say it now because you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> you're on a good start there. Thank <laughs> you, Joe, said that. You're here on the first Sunday. Buddy. Yes. This is the Lord. Hey, I knew the Lord was here.
1: (laughs) Hey, uh, no, we did have some people here online um,
3: worshiping
5: with us this morning. They had uh, some New Year's resolutions. One person here um, says they're focusing on one word and just going to try to show appreciation um, a lot more. And um, another person shared that they're going to walk stronger in their walk
3: with the Lord um, in 2020 to see what God has in store for them. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Anybody else want to share? Well, anyway, the new year, though, is a time to reflect on our life and reflect on the past and look forward to the future and make any corrections in our journey that need to be made. You know, it's also a time when people make decisions to turn over a new leaf, and some of those resolutions may be just like that. You know, we do all kinds of things to improve our lives physically or spiritually. And I'm sure some of you here today uh, made a resolution to, like, uh, to go to church more often, we had that, and exercise regularly and eat healthy and lose weight and, uh, or maybe uh, kick an addiction, you know, and uh, maybe you are struggling with addiction. We have a great ministry here called Celebrate Recovery, and you can see get more information out at the table. But, you know, uh, I think probably one of the, it is the number one resolution made each year is to lose weight. Losing weight reminds me of the woman who walked into her bathroom and uh, she saw her husband on the scales, and he was weighing himself, and he was, <clears throat> excuse me, he was, <clears throat> man, I got there. <clears throat> he was sucking in his stomach. Anybody ever done that when he got on the scales? <clears throat> so his wife sarcastically said to her husband, that's not going to help. And her husband said, it sure is going to help, because it's the only way I can see the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> You see, the problem with resolution, though, is that time goes by, we forget about those resolutions, you know, uh, and, and we slide right back into our old habits and and our old patterns, <clears throat> and we forget uh, what we made. There was a uh, particularly there was a a little story I heard this week. I read this week about uh, about this guy who moved into a retirement community. Now. You know, we have a retirement community on our our horizon here at Salem Fields Community Church. If you've been here for a while, you know, we've talked about in the retirement community. Well, Lord behold, we're still on track. I mean, they tell us that they're really close. Now, I've heard that for five years, but I believe that they are really close. They say they have gotten really close to getting financing. And so, one day, uh, I'd hope that that would be there before uh, we left here, Gay and I, but uh, it's still, uh, thank you so much. No wonder Brad married you. <laughs> that and a few other reasons, I'm sure. But anyway, it wasn't long. This old guy made some friends and, uh, uh, with other residents. And there was this one lady that he was really attracted to. And uh, she was attracted to him, and that always works well. And they spent a lot of time together. So finally, one evening, he proposed to her. And he said to her, will you marry me? And uh, the next morning, he woke up, and he remembered that he had made a a proposal, but he couldn't remember the answer that she had given. So he went to her, and he said, I'm really embarrassed to admit this, but I know I proposed to you, but I don't know, uh, I can't remember if you said yes or uh, or no. Oh, thank goodness, the lady replied. I remembered saying yes to someone last night, but I couldn't remember who asked me. (laughs) You know, and... You know, maybe you woke up on New Year's Day and you weren't able to remember the resolutions you made the night before. But anyway, Chris uh, talked to us last week at our celebration service, uh, and she asked us to think about where we were a decade ago. You know, think about, she asked us to think about our life and what was going on a decade ago and what happened in that decade that led us to where we are today. Well, you know, so maybe after the last decade, you would say, man, buddy, I'm a lot better place in my life than I was a decade ago. I can look back and say, man, there's been some good things that happened in my life. The Lord has really worked in my life or whatever. Or you might say, darn, you know, I'm not any better off or I may even be just a little uh, worse off than I was a-, a decade ago. You might be saying, you know, there's so much more that God has for me and I and, and, you know, and I just got to uh, do a little better than that. Uh, well, believe me, God has so much more for this year uh, and this decade than to lose weight. You know, he has so much more for us in this new year to decide to exercise a little more. Or, you know, as good as it is, uh, 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 even to go to church more often or to pray more often or to read your Bible more often. That's all good, but I believe that God has more for us in this next year, in this next decade, than those resolutions that we make once a year. And so as I was uh, thinking and praying about the message for now, you know, we kind of trade off on this holiday weekend because staff gets a little time off, and so somebody has to prepare a message, and I drew the short straw. And uh, anyway, it was actually probably my turn to speak, and but as I was thinking about this message and praying, I saw uh, something posted on Facebook by uh, on a Facebook page by one of my friends, and it, it uh, it's called Curious Thinking. And it says, as we enter a new year, instead of thinking about goals you want to accomplish, ask yourself, what kind of person do you want to be this year? And I proposed that question to myself, and I propose that question to you this morning. What kind of person do you want to be at the end of 2022 or 2020. What kind of person do you want to be this year? What kind of person do you want to be at the end of this decade? As I was reflecting on this question early one morning last week, I was led to a scripture from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. And as I re- read this scripture and began to reflect on what Paul said, uh, I, I kind of related that to my own personal life and, and the kind of person that I want to be, the kind of person that I want to be uh, at, the, in th- at this year and this decade and in my life. And maybe uh, even I put in the uh, e-news, and I don't know if you even read the e-news, but if you read the e-news and you saw the verse, the scripture that I posted this scripture, maybe for you, you took a little time to reflect on that. And uh, if not, maybe this morning before the end of this day, you will resonate uh, with this passage of scripture as well. Uh, and when it comes to the kind of life that you want to live. But Paul said, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And he says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, if you're not a pastor, you don't do many sermons, or you don't ever done a sermon, that's a very easy scripture to get a sermon outline from. I can tell you, I wish they were all kind of that easy. But anyway, it was more than that. When I thought about this scripture, it reminds me of how we sometimes make uh, New Year's resolutions or we set goals, and they have very little or no effect on the person that God wants us to be. You know, I believe God wants us to be more than skinny. I believe God wants us to be more than buffed. You know, I I believe that God has a whole lot more for us than in, in those New Year's resolutions or those goals that we set in our life at, from time to time. So from the challenge of this scripture, and because that, uh, you know, our life, Gay and I's life will take on new direction soon, I, I started thinking about my New Year's, the resolve that I want to have in this new year and my own personal life from the fact that God led me to this passage of scripture. So in 2020, I resolved to be more careful how I live. I resolved to be more careful about how I live. Now, Now, not that I haven't been careful in the past, but in 2020, I believe in my life, it's going to be even more important for me to be careful about how I live. Why do you say that? Because over the last 35 years or so, I've been a pastor. I've been in a church. I've been in an environment uh, that's uh, that's a bit different than the environment that you've been in. I've been in your environment, so I know the difference in that environment. Over the last 35 years as a pastor, much of my life has been spent uh, being an example uh, to you and others that I have influence with. And so, you know, when you have influence, you know, uh, there's a scripture that just popped in my head, but I won't say it correctly, but basically when, when more is given to you, more is expected out of you. And as a pastor, more has been given, and, and so there's more expected out of me, and there is more responsibility I carry uh, with the, uh, uh, the call that God has placed on my life. Well, in a couple months, uh, I will no longer be a pastor. I have absolutely uh, no uh, thoughts that I'll ever pastor a church again. It's not, um, not what I believe that God has for me uh, at this point in my journey uh, and so it could be easy, uh, for me to let down in some areas and say, Hey, I, I you know, I, I'm going to just show up, uh, you know, church, I might go, might not go. If I don't feel like it, I might stay home. You know, I, who knows? Uh, you know, I could think that way. So it's imperative for me to pay close attention, uh, to how I live, uh, that I'm no longer, uh, will be a pastor. I have to give careful thought to that. It's so easy for us, for you as well. It's, for, it's so easy for us to let down our guard and not be conscious of the little things that make a huge difference in our lives. You know, I believe that, that that's what happens to many of us as believers. You know, we, we begin to let down on the things that we used to place value in. The convictions and, and the and the the uh, the better word convictions that we have, we begin over time to begin to to just not be so conscious of those and begin to let down, and those things will begin to uh, invade our lives and and cause us to lose our uh, grip on our spiritual lives. So, in light of being careful about how I live, I resolve to not live foolishly. I resolve not to live foolishly. Now, a fool uh, is one who primarily is ruled by his or her feelings. Now, many of the foolish decisions uh, and foolish things that I've done in my life were based on my feelings at the time. It feels good, so I think I'll do that. Or it doesn't feel so good, so I think I'll do this to feel better. And we make foolish choices at the time uh, when we're having these feelings only to later regret what I did. You know, uh, you know, Gay has said to me, and, and it's true that she said to me, that it seems like I do a whole lot better with regret than I did with, you know, making the, or, or than doing what the right thing to do in to begin with. Because you base those decisions and the things you do, you base those on your feelings. You know, so, and I've also sometimes been led by passion. And passion is a good thing. Passion is what's driven Gay and I for 25 years here at Salem Fields Community Church, the passion to see people one to Jesus. But also, there's been decisions that I've made that I've been driven by passion to only realize that passion, like feelings, does not make uh, the decision or the thing you want to do the right thing to do. Just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean that that's something that's good for us. Or that's not a, that doesn't end up being a foolish thing or a fully, foolish decision. Now, if we act on feelings and passion alone, there will be times in our life that we will end up uh, being foolish or looking foolish. And therefore, I resolve in 2020 to be the kind of person that seeks wisdom. Not that I haven't already in my life sought wisdom, but I, I could do a much better job of seeking wisdom before I make a decision. You know, because as I said earlier, I've made decisions based on passion, made decisions based on on um, feelings, and I resolve in 2020 to seek wisdom, you know, before I make decisions. You see, and the, the book of Proverbs tells us the value and source of wisdom. Now, I've, I've uh, got a lengthy passage of Scripture, Proverbs 3, 13 through 26, and, you know, I can summarize that. But there is some stuff in here that I think would be just good for you to read along with me and kind of digest what wisdom brings to us in our lives. Proverbs thirty or three, thirteen to twenty-six. Now understand, proverbs are not a problem. I promise. Proverbs are likely going to happen in your life. And the, the Bible says, "Blessed are those who find wisdom. Those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver." And yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Now remember we're talking about wisdom. Her ways are pleasant ways. and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the foundation, the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the waterly depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, and ornament to grace your neck. And then it says, you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. You won't make foolish decisions. You won't do foolish things. The Bible says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. That is some some valuable, wonderful stuff. That wisdom will add to our lives. From this text, you can see it is so valuable. I want, to be, I want to be the kind of person in 2020 that seeks wisdom so I won't do foolish things or make foolish decisions and it will guide me in how I live. You see, wisdom is so important that Solomon tells us to get wisdom and understanding even if it costs us all we have. In other words, you know, instead of making decisions just based on how I feel or, or what someone else says or, 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 or any of those other things that we use to base and make our decisions on, the Bible says to make those decisions based on wisdom, on wisdom. And that's not always what we see. It's not always what we feel. It's not always what we think in our own, on our own. It says that allow wisdom to guide our lives. You see, wisdom is so important that Solomon said, do it at all costs. As I look back on my life, I realize there have been some terrible mistakes that could have been avoided if I'd only used a little more wisdom. You see, wisdom is a priceless gift from God. Do you long to be the kind of person that seeks wisdom? I do. And if so, if that's you, James tells us in chapter 1:5 5 that, it, that if, you, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. All we got to do is ask. As a believer in Jesus Christ, the Bible says if you and I want wisdom, we ask God, and God will give us wisdom. He won't judge us, but he will give us wisdom without finding fault in our lives. And, it, and he says it will be given to you given to you. Now I want to be the kind of person in 2020 that seeks wisdom. So I'll be asking for it. How about uh, will you be doing that as well? I also want to be the kind of person who makes the most of every opportunity. Who makes the most of every opportunity. Now this verse is probably a reference to a prayer in Psalms 90:12 that says teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You see in this verse Paul is saying To us and to the to to the audience, then he's saying that the days are evil. Now, there's always been days of evil. Evil has been since uh, the beginning of the church, the beginning of time. uh, Ever since Adam and Eve, there's been evil. You know, and and evil will always be on this earth. But he says the days are evil, And, and so he says use your time. What he's saying is use your time wisely. And therefore, to use your time wisely to make the most of every opportunity that we have to impact the kingdom. Make every opportunity to impact the kingdom. You know, it's like the, the Thanksgiving offering. I mean, taking the opportunity that many of you took to in that Thanksgiving opportunity, you have made an impact. You have taken advantage of an opportunity to impact our world, our community, our nation, and our world in these days of evil—I'm telling you, there has been some, there will be, and has been much good done. You know, even if you gave a dollar, you know that opportunity that that dollar has to make an impact in the in the in the, uh, in, the uh, in the world is incredible in these evil days. Over the years, personally and in ministry, God has opened doors of opportunity for me, and sometimes I've failed to make the most of it. And sometimes that's because of fear. Fear of rejection. You know, fear of ridicule or or, or insecurity or even laziness. Or maybe, you know, looking, feeling like I'd be foolish, or any number of reasons. And those opportunities, maybe I've missed some opportunities. But I wanna be the kind of person in 2020 that makes the most out of every opportunity to impact lives for the kingdom. First of all, in my home, in my marriage, and in my family, or somewhere around the world. You know, gay and I are, are leaving Salem Fields Community Church, but I gotta tell you, we're not gonna leave making it, allowing God to use our lives to to make an impact in our world. We're going to make an impact in our world, a positive impact for the kingdom of God for as long as we live, wherever we live, and whatever God calls us to do in the time that we have left to live. And I'm going to have my eyes wide open for the opportunities that I believe God is going to place before us in the days to come. And it, and, and this verse not only speaks of making an Impact because the, uh, of the time that we have and the evil of the days, but it speaks of urgency. It speaks of an urgency for our lives to make the most of our opportunities. You know, I I don't know about your life. I don't know if you're looking for those opportunities. I don't know if you just are living life to live life, to get a paycheck, to survive, to get by. But I got to tell you, I believe every day, if we will open our eyes, that God has placed opportunities before us that we can impact the world, that we can impact this community. And we can make a difference. But I gotta tell you, more than any time in the history of the church, I'm not just talking about selling fields, there's an urgency for the church not the building, but the church, the people of God, the people who believe and say they are followers of Jesus Christ, I believe there's a time of urgency for you and I to rise up in this evil world and make the most of every opportunity that God places for us and don't make excuses to not do that. You see, I want to be the kind of person who makes a lasting impact. And so I have to be open to look for those opportunities and be open to the opportunities that God gives us. How about you? You know, are you willing to make the most of every opportunity to make a kingdom difference with your life? In 2020, I also want to be the kind of person who doesn't act thoughtlessly. I could have guessed, said that more positively and said I want to be the kind of person that, act, that acts thought, uh, that's thoughtful. You see, I want to give more careful thought to everything I do. And everything I say. You know, I, I, I want to make an, a, a meaningful impact with my life. With my family. And with our community. And in our world. And therefore, I want to give careful thought to every decision that I will make. You see, there have been times in my life that I've made decisions. That have had a negative impact on others. Especially my wife and my family. Why? Because I didn't give careful thought to how my actions affect other people. How my actions affect hers. And how my my actions affected my family. Or my actions affected the people around me. You see, I've learned over time that everything we do, we say, well, it's just my life, and what I do won't hurt anybody, and that's a lie out of hell. Our actions, the things that we do, both negatively and positively have an impact on the people around us, especially the people closest to us. You know, and it impacts my actions, impacted. My impacted Gay's life and the others in my life. Therefore, I've lived with lots of regrets simply because I acted on my feelings or acted on the the emotional wounds in my life from my childhood and and my de, and, and or my desires that I had, impure desires or maybe even pure desires at time without giving careful thought to how that decision or that action would impact other people, especially those I love. Proverbs 4, 23 says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Think about that. Your life is shaped by what you, your thoughts. Finally, in 2020, I want to be the kind of person who does what, what the Lord wants me to do. You see, I found that it's so much easier to wake up each day and do what I want to do than what the Lord wants me to do. You know, or be the kind of person that the Lord wants me to be. It's easier to be the kind of person that I want to be. It's easier for me to do what I want to do. So I resolve today with God's power and by his grace to do what the Lord wants me to do with my life this year and this decade. You see, there's no doubt as the day of our leaving Salem Fields approaches, I've made some plans with my life. I've made some plans for the future. Uh, But more than following my plans, I want to do what God wants me to do. You know, whatever. You know, I said earlier, I have no thoughts of ever being a pastor again. I don't know what God's thoughts are. But I want to be open. And no matter how difficult it is, I want to be open to God's plans for my life. You know, my plan was to leave Salem Fields at the end of this year. But God had other plans. You know, God spoke to Gay in her prayer time one morning and said, we can't leave right now. And I said, yeah, you can't, I can. (laughs) But I knew that she had been with the Lord because I know Gay's relationship with the Lord. And so I had to do what the Lord wanted me to do, not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be at the beach and playing golf in Florida or whatever. I'm not moving to Florida though, but it's a good place to visit, especially with Gay's brother there. But I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. So I resolve this day to be the kind of person that God wants me to be in 2020 and in the next decade. I will be careful about how I live, so I will not live foolishly, which means I will seek wisdom. I will not act thoughtlessly, and I will do what the Lord wants me to do in 2020 and beyond. What do you think? Will you resolve? in 2020 to be the kind of, be the kind of person that God wants you to be or will you continue being the kind of person that comes easy for you that keeps you in the comfort zone but are you willing to step out of your comfort zone and say to God God I resolve to do in 2020 whatever you want to do with my life I resolve God that I'll give more careful thought to how I live and I'll Lord I'll, I'll quit doing foolish things and I'll seek wisdom and I won't act thoughtlessly And I'll do what the Lord wants me to do with my life. Will you resolve to be that kind of person? Let's pray together. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, maybe you would say, you know what? I want to be the kind of person that God wants me to be in 2020. I want to do what God wants me to do. And I want to be the kind of person that Paul speaks of in Ephesians. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, and I'm going to pray in just a moment. Would you be willing to say, you know what, I make a commitment this morning that I want to be the kind of person that God wants me to be? With all of our heads bowed, would you just slip up your hand and say, buddy, pray for me. Anybody like that? Yeah, wow, lots of you. God bless you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for those online as well. Lord, I pray for those that raised their hand this morning, Lord, and they want to be, God, the first kind of person you want them to be in 2020. I do, Lord. And I just pray, Father, for those online that even acknowledge in their heart today. Father, I pray that you would give us the, the backbone uh, of a saw log and not one that's so soft, Lord, that, the, that God, that we'll have the courage and the, and the wisdom and, and God, the determination to just uh, to be the kind of person that you want us to be in 2020. I pray for every person, Lord, that raised their hand. And God, I pray for those that maybe even didn't raise their hand, but have that thought in mind. God, I pray that you would do something incredible in our lives this year, personally And as a corporate community and around here and around the world, Father, because we want to be the kind of person that you want us to be and do what you want us to do. So, Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Now, how many of you think the message is over? It's not. (laughs) And I know it's 10 o'clock, but I just got a couple more things to say. If you made that commitment, it will take commitment. And it also take determination. You see, the Apostle Paul was a man who wanted to be the kind of person God wanted him. And so he said in Philippians 3, and I'm going to just kind of, I'm shortening this because, I, anyway, I'm shortening it. Verse 13, he's talking about that to be the kind of person that God wanted him to be, he, has, he was going to have to strain. and I mean, he's going to have to make some effort, straining his effort toward what was ahead. And then in verse 14, he said, I press, I press on. Toward the goal. I mean, this commitment that you made that you raised your hand for is not something that we can just say, Okay, God, I'll raise my hand, you do it for me. What we're saying is, God, I'll do my part because I know you'll do your part, and to do our part, it's going to take some pressing on, it's going to take some straining, it's going to take some determination in our lives to do and be the kind of person that God wants us to be in 2020. Paul was determined to be the kind of person that God wanted him to be. Paul was determined to finish well. You see, Paul understood that absolutely nothing worthwhile in life happens without effort. He he understood that great people in life are just ordinary people with an extraordinary amount of determination. They never give up. I read this week that that, uh, someone said there are three kinds of people. There are rowboat people who need to be pushed or shoved along you know you, you, to keep your commitments you got to be pushed somebody behind you you got to have somebody accountable to you. you you can't do this on your own somebody's got to always be pushing you or they're sailboat people people who move when the favorable wind is blowing don't have the courage to stand up for what you believe or what you do but you know when the winds are favorable and you get no resistance then they're sailboat people and then there're steamboat people and steamboat people they move continuously you know, they, they, they continue to chug on. They keep on going through calm or storm. I mean, they are committed to the power. They are masters of themselves, their surroundings, and their fate. And in your spiritual life, do you always have to be pushed along? I mean, are you, is someone going to have to hold you accountable and always pushing you to keep the commitment you made this morning? Or, 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 or will you be, you know, be like a, a, a sailboat person and, and, and you know, you'll move along with the latest fad or what everybody else is doing or what everybody else has said or, or will you stand alone? Or will you be fully committed to God and be a steamboat person where you, you, your course is set, you know where you're headed, and nothing will stop you? from what God wants for your life. You won't allow anything or anybody or any difficulty or anything to stand in your way, but you'll push on. In Acts, Paul said, however I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. That's the kind of person that Paul wanted to be, and that's Paul's life verse right there, I believe. And maybe if you made that commitment today, this needs to be your verse for this year and you need to cut it out of your notes, put it in your Bible, highlight it, and maybe we need to live by that verse this year. Paul said he's not gonna stop. He's not gonna give up. He's not gonna quit. He's gonna keep on keeping on until he's experienced all that God had for him in his life. Paul said he was gonna finish what he started. To be the kind of person that God wants us to be in 2020, That will have to be our resolve as well. I won't quit. I won't stop. I won't give up. But I'll keep pushing on until I've experienced all that God has for me in 2020. Jonathan Edwards, who was the 18th century revivalist, sat down at the age of 17 and he penned 21 resolutions by which he would live his life. And throughout his lifetime, he would add to his list. And they said by his death, he had 70 resolutions. But you know what? It was at the top of his list. He said this, being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help. I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions. Edwards didn't casually make New Year's resolutions with the expectation of eventually forgetting them or breaking them. He understood to be the kind of person that God wanted him to be. He could not do it with determination only. He didn't have enough willpower. He couldn't suck it up enough, so he pleaded with God. He pleaded with God by his grace to enable him to keep those resolutions. For me and for you to keep your commitment to be the kind of person that God wants us to be, it will take determination along with the power and grace of God to accomplish. You see, as a believer in Jesus Christ, he calls us not to be casual, he calls us to be fully committed to Him. As we do, we will see our lives begin to focus on spiritual, on the spiritual, rather than on going to the gym. We will be focused, uh, uh, begin to focus on the spiritual rather than exercising. Rest- Regularly, or eating healthy, uh, or going to church, or praying—all those are good things. Or give up an addiction or an unhealthy relationship. But you'll begin to begin to focus on the core of where all that begins, and that all that begins is in our spiritual life. And we want to be healthier, spiritually, or emotionally, or physically. It begins by being fully committed to the Lord. It begins by by putting Him at the rightful place in our life, and over time. When we're determined and we don't give up, we don't quit, we don't stop, but we continue to move on, we will be conformed. By the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, we will be conformed to His image. And then those other resolutions we make each year will take care of themselves. And this decade will be the best decade ever. You know, I've been, there's, emotionally been struggling for years and years in my life. And I've tried to work it out, figure it out, think it out, do all the things that I need to do and continue to need to do. But I remember the day just a couple months ago when I said, Lord, I don't want to live like this anymore. And I've done all I know to do. And I got on my knees and said, Lord, I need your power to transform my life and this thinking I have, this closed mind I have. And I can tell you, I continue to do what I need to do, but I can sense and know that God is opening my mind. And I'm beginning to become more free. And it's changing my life. You know, I can remember last January I went to the doctor and I got such not so healthy doctor's report. And I was fat eat cheeseburgers and french fries and anything I wanted, ice cream every night. What a life. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember saying, Lord, I'll do my part, but I need your help. See, Lord said he'd give us a power of discipline in our life. And I can tell you, with God and me doing my part, it didn't take a New Year's resolution. It didn't take somebody pushing me on took the power of the Holy Spirit and my determination to stay focused spiritually and emotionally and physically. Jesus was healthy. He was healthy physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And the Bible says that we can be conformed to His image and to His likeness. And I believe that. we will determine to be the kind of person that God wants us to be in 2020. Father, thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for those who committed their uh, year to you. And Father, I just pray that it won't be some type of emotional decision, God, but it be one that's born out of the heart of God in our hearts. And Lord, that you will give us the determination and the grace and the power to keep on keeping on like a steamboat. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand and worship together. This song is all about new wine and allowing God to make something new out of us. And when you made that commitment, when we made that commitment, we're saying, God, make something new out of me. New wine. Something new come from my life. And if you want to come and pray why you can't, I mean, you can't at the altar, whatever. Just allow the Lord to lead us as we close out. God bless you.
6: say
0: Jesus, we thank you that you're stirring our hearts, God. God, that you're calling us, you're working on things. So I just pray, Father, that we would just continue to respond, that we wouldn't just leave these moments, but that we would linger in your presence, God, that we would truly just carry you and be open to your voice, God. God, and I truly just believe wholeheartedly, Lord, that for each and every single one of us, the best is yet to come, God, as we just continue to submit and surrender to you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for all that's taken place here this morning. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.